Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hey guys, welcome in 2017. This is our first podcast this year, so happy new year. I know it's February, but you know life is busy, and uh, as much as I love to do these podcasts, I always want to make sure that I love to make them rather than uh, it's some kind of a duty. And I'm so happy that you uh, stay with me and you are patient for uh, for the next episodes. So what's up with me? Well, 2016 is close. It was okay year in, in many ways. A lot of new things were set for 2017. So I was working on that, how to manage the, the two companies on two different continents, the Green Plantation, which I have in Europe, and the Unleashed Coffee, which I have here in the United States. And plus, don't forget coffeecourses.com. It's there, you know, it's, it's working. So I was thinking what kind of new content we can uh, put out there. Oh, speaking of coffeecourses.com and its content, uh, as I mentioned previously, I would like to create a course on how to create a web store for your um, for your businesses with WooCommerce. WooCommerce is a system which I use in all my businesses, and I highly recommend it because it gives you a lot of freedom. It's a little bit more complicated than Shopify, which you know we already have the course uh, on coffeecourses.com, and it's free. So go and and sign up feel free to uh, enjoy it but I want to show you guys how to create a pretty complex system uh, and you can do it by yourself because guys I'm not, I'm not a coder okay I, I learned everything uh, as I was building my my businesses and if, if you want to do that you can do that yourself too uh, if you have budget of obviously hire yourself a professional but that said one of you can have that web store for free I would charge for this whole complete package what I plan to do around 20,000 bucks and you can have it for free uh, so if you are interested and I can demo how I built your store it would be great if not in February I have to just do a random thing so most likely I just pick a random product uh, and, and and build a web store and build a course but it would be awesome if I can build your web store so basically that website is not wasted in, in private world you know uh, a lot of things are happening. Uh, everything became much more political, and my little, you know, like fairness trigger is uh, pushed hard enough. So, you know, I reactivated my political uh, myself, I would say. Um, you know, I was there on the street in 1989 in Czechoslovakia when we were fighting communism, when uh, we decided that we don't want any autocratic system. In 90s, I was very active in a Slovak uh, human rights movements, and <laughs> and later I was working in a post-war Bosnia Herzegovina and Kosovo. Throughout this process of doing these little personal human rights fights, U- United States was always uh, an example for us. United States was always who supported these projects. United States was always uh, like a leader and giving us advices and guidance and money to uh, do different projects which promoted human rights in all these uh, places. No matter what political party are you uh, in favor of, you know, no matter 
you know, whether you are conservative, liberal or socialist, I think if you believe in civil liberties, if you believe in uh, in a polite politics, you see that that's not happening. And that's why me and my wife sign up for a membership, supporting, a, supporting membership to ACLU. And I kind of encourage you to, guys to do the same. And I know the coffee community is very strong with this. The coffee community came out with this. Uh, and I just also want to tell you that ACLU is not the only one. Uh, they're getting a lot of attention because of amazing, you know, social media outreach and people supporting them. They do a great job. But they are the little guys too. And you know what? I'll post a video by uh, John Oliver, who is a... Uh, comedian i would say at hbo who had a video and he has a whole list of other organizations make sure that the human rights stay united states the same way as they used to be make sure that united states is always example for all other countries out there in the world in today's podcast i have a pretty cool guest he is dennett lewis he found me on Facebook and he sent me a message that, look, uh, I started a business which is uh, well under $10,000. Uh, it has a very specific niche and uh, I'm doing cold brew and butter coffee. And I was like, oh, what? So in this podcast, you can learn a few awesome things. One is how Dennett found this very specific niche and how he offered them a product which is coffee-based and yet they love it, how he built it under $10,000 and also he gives us tips how to make cold brew and you know what kind of techniques he uses and maybe potentially if, even if you want to bottle it, he gives us some tips how to, how to do that. And finally, we also talk about uh, buttered coffee and you know, when I hear the word buttered coffee, I always think of bulletproof coffee and he explains it very clearly that bulletproof is uh, it's a term which is trademark, so they, you know, they have actually a different recipe. They do it slightly differently, but the idea is a little bit similar, I would say. Whether you are a fan or not of the adding butter to your coffee, that word is booming. Okay, so you should not neglect that market. You should at least know about it and look into it. All right, so enough of me. Let's listen to Dennett. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Danette, welcome to a Coffee Is Me podcast. I'm really thrilled to have you and talk about cold brew and awesome uh, coffee drinks. Well, I'm glad to be here. So, you know, my usual question is always, uh, what is your coffee story? By that, what I mean is, tell us, when did you drink your first cup of coffee and how did you, how did it happen that you do coffee today? <laughs> well, that's a, a long story. So I actually had my first cup of coffee when I was very young. And I remember the story. My uh, father was a beekeeper. So we were, living, <clears throat> we were living in the Midwest. And during the winter, the winters were pretty long and severe. So we had a, a, a VW bus, nice. a, a van. And we'd pack it up with <clears throat> my mom, my sister, and myself and my dad. Of course, I was just a kid. And uh, my dad would drive it down to uh, Central America. So we, uh, I thought this was in Guatemala, but my dad, more recently I was asking him, and he said it was actually in uh, some of the southern parts of Mexico where they do grow coffee. And I remember we bought or, uh, my mom a cup of coffee, and it was this huge cup of coffee with a lot of milk. Mm -hmm. 
And so my parents are like, well, there's a lot of milk, so you and your sister can have some. So my sister and I drank it, and it, I thought it was, my, I remember thinking it was pretty, kind of nice, because it was pr- mostly uh, milk, the way it was served. And then um, we got in the VW bus after that. My dad drove up this really volcanic, mountainous road. And sure enough, my sister and I both got sick and uh, threw up. And it, it, wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't until many years later that I ever wanted to try coffee again. <laughs> oh. So uh, my uh, father went on to uh, start a coffee farm in Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii. So I actually I grew up there and went to high school in Hawaii and I was I had to help my dad out on the farm, but at, at the time I didn't uh, drink any coffee. So the the first time after that I was in Washington state going to uh, the university and I was studying for an exam and I think it was an avocado or the vanilla ice cream with a shot of espresso that was the first uh, coffee drink that I started to get interested in. Wait, so you had a coffee farm and you did not drink coffee? Yeah, that's right. Well, I have to stop the podcast right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting uh, how spoiled you were, man. It's, it, we are all jealous and you did not drink coffee. Okay. Uh, it smelled fantastic in the morning. So my parents would get up every day and they would grind coffee. and We actually had a hand grinder that they, that they used and I remember the aroma when the, when they were making the coffee. It always smelled great. I, so, I think I'd take little sips of it here and there, but it was I didn't really drink it. Okay. How does it happen that uh, today you decided to start to do a business with coffee? And, you know, it's interesting that it's not coffee farming, it's not coffee roasting. You do something totally different. And tell us what. Yeah, it's actually really ironic. My dad uh, kind of gives me a little crap and is like, why'd you get interested in coffee now? If you if you would have done it uh, years ago, you could have the farm right now. So it's kind of ironic. I wanted nothing to do with coffee and got into uh, tech and became an engineer and worked as a, a program manager in high tech for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was in a career transition and uh, I went home to a my parents for uh, the holidays or for Christmas and my uh, it's either my mom or my dad's like well why don't we give you some extra coffee bring it back maybe you could sell a little bit or see if anyone in the gym wants some and every uh, previously I'd go back to Hawaii every year for uh, Christmas and I'd always come back with a couple of pounds of Kona coffee and give it away to some friends and so this uh, for the start of the business i had a, a few extra pounds that I brought back from my uh, parents and I uh, set up in the gym and kind of started uh, promoting it a little bit and just said, Hey, I'm going to do a little coffee session. Is anyone interested? And my uh, girlfriend helped out quite a bit and lo and behold, we, we had some interest and that's sort of how we got started. Mm-hmm. So now tell us what did you got started? Because I did not mention your company yet. What we started is a, a pop-up cafe. It's a, called Beans and Barbells. So we cater primarily to the fitness community, although we're certainly expanding beyond that now. And we're really looking to uh, to promote healthy drinks. Mm-hmm. What What do you mean by healthy drinks? Coffee is healthy. We know that, right? It's good for us. Like, look at me, man. I'm, I'm all happy because of coffee. 
Well, if you go to a specialty cafe and you have a, a good coffee, yes. Mm-hmm. But it, I think both the, you mentioned on one of your early podcasts, I heard that you were in um, a specialty cafe and you noticed nine out of ten people were not ordering a black coffee. They were getting something with milk. True. And, it, of course, if you go to one of the major coffee, uh, one of the major chains, then you notice that they put tons of uh, sugar and other uh, things in their in their drinks. Okay, so what does it mean for you uh, to have a healthy coffee drink? To me, I think of what what are the ingredients that are going into that drink. I uh, do like to source coffee that comes from sustainable farms, and uh, obviously, you want to think about what's the what's the specialty coffee, what's the entire process. I, I came up with a little slogan: healthy plant. Healthy farm, healthy plants, healthy, uh, healthy people. Mm-hmm. As I'm thinking about um, all the the little details it takes to really grow a, a good coffee pl- plant that and have a, a nice production from it. So my uh, my dad used to spend a lot of time coming up with different fertilizers uh, and uh, figuring out how to really uh, get the trees healthy and to have better yields. Mm-hmm. Do do you guys still have the farm in Hawaii? No, he's uh, he's retired now, but he does have. Uh, there's a guy who was one of his apprentices, and who my dad was uh, taught him a lot about farming, and so he still has a farm. So I do uh, I do source coffee from him, my dad's apprentice. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about your pop up cafe. Uh, what kind of uh, drinks you offer? Like you said, healthy drinks. Is that espresso? Mm-hmm. Is that uh, coffee without sugar or what what is that? Well, we um, I started getting into a cold brew, which is our main drink or our main beverage right now is a cold brew, and I do put it on nitrogen. Mm-hmm. And I also offer some uh, a, a range of different drinks. We offer uh, hot some hot coffees, some buttered coffees, and then uh, coffee cascara as well. Mm, nice. Uh, so. Where do you pop up? <laughs> the uh, we were focusing primarily in, in our first year, or, or we're just about. It's we're just coming up on our one year uh, anniversary now. So we've been focusing on the uh, CrossFit community primarily. Mm-hmm. So in CrossFit, you have these competitions. There's local, um, like in the CrossFit community, it's called a box, but it's really a, a gym. So you have these little gyms with different people, and then you'll have a competition between a, a number of different uh, facilities, and a lot of times those are called throwdowns. So we went to a lot of uh, throwdowns. We'll uh, bring the pop-up cafe, and these are uh, events that last um, anywhere from a few hours to uh, the better part of a day. And there'd be a lot of athletes uh, working out and competing in, in really intense competitions. Hmm. So you found your niche. You actually focused on uh, people who do CrossFit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's awesome. And, you know, I... we, uh, we love the CrossFit community. They're a really supportive crowd. And CrossFit's done wonders for a lot of people. Well, I wish it did wonders for me. But... I'm lazy, but maybe one day. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 if you go to a, a CrossFit uh, 
facility, I'm sure that will uh, change pretty quickly. I cannot last a second. I tell you, <laughs> I, I'm so out of shape. And I try, you know, here and there, you know, I go back and then something happens. I'm, you know, working and I'm kind of off the health. Although I, you know, rationally, I understand that your body is something which is the most important pressure thing. You should take care of it. But that's rationally. I have some coding in my brain, which is like anti-exercise. When people say, you know, how I feel so, you know, I feel great after exercise. I'm like, I don't. I'm in pain. I'm in suffering. So, you know, for me, it's different. I don't know. I should rewire myself somehow. I don't know how. Well, one of the, uh, one of the things CrossFit really uh, got right was the, the community. So you have a support community where it's not just you. You have a, a whole group of people that will be there cheering you on, encouraging you. And it's a, if you have a good coach, they will tailor it to, to your personal uh, fitness level as well. You know, when you contact me, contacted me initially, you said uh, three things which I was like, oh, yeah, this can be a great topic for podcast. Well, one was obviously the cold brew, which we're going to talk about because I'm, I'm uh, really kind of a big fan of nicely made cold brews. Second was uh, that you guys do pop up. And the third was that you guys started a business under $10,000. And let's talk about that right now. So uh, how much did you invest initially in, into your business when you launched? Well, the initial launch, I mean, we had a, a bigger event. Our first launch was in February. And that was... 2016? Yes, oh, and that okay. was that was essentially um, my girlfriend and I uh, bringing some coffee that my parents had started us off with. So we we managed to launch for a minimal amount, getting some cup, some uh, disposable cups, and uh, a few other uh, a few other things to 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 kick it off in the in our local gym. I was friends with the uh, the box owner or the gym owner, and so I I was able to uh, set up there for without a, well, with just by giving him some coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. So I really got, we got started on our first event from a, a real minimal. The uh, big ramp up that we had was we went to uh, a San Jose uh, Fitness Expo, which was an event with, um, I think it peaked out at 20,000 people and there were 2,000 CrossFitters that were competing there. Or the CrossFit part brought in 2,000 people and for that event, we uh, we had to ramp up quite a bit and spend, a, a, I'll just say, in the few thousand dollar area of um, upping our inventory, getting a little bit more display and, and some equipment too. Mm -hmm. But we, we're not doing espresso, so we don't need an espresso machine. And the reason for that is um, I, love a, I love a cappuccino and a good espresso myself, mm -hmm. but there are a number of options where people can get good espresso. And so we wanted to offer something different. Not only different, but a different community. You said, you said something uh, very interesting that you went to the uh, CrossFit event, a big CrossFit event. And that's uh, which I'm trying to kind of figure out today. You know, every coffee person goes always to the SCAA, which always the event, the Specialty Coffee Association's event, right. which always consider myself as a, like a more uh, business to business kind of thing, you know, in like a professional world where I kind of find my new brewing technique, uh, technologies, which I'm going to sell in my store, or I find people who will buy my courses. 
but it's not really a, per, a place where I pitch my coffee, I think, you know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but, you know, I never thought about it as a place where I pitch my coffee because, you know, it's, it's a different event. So this weekend, uh, last weekend, sorry, I went to the uh, the uh, fancy food show in San Francisco. And, you know, wow, that was like a, one of the biggest food shows I ever attended. And that was amazing, man. I ate so much yummy, so many yummy things and so many, you know, new innovative things. And there were also a few coffee stands. And I really wonder you know, how they did. I actually plan to kind of contact them, ask them how they did, because it's it's a food show and it's probably caters more towards uh, the foodies. But again, you compete with a lot of uh, coffee guys there or, you know, other, other drinks. But you guys went to a totally different place where most likely there was no other coffee uh, vendor there and definitely not the ones who says, Look, you are our crowd. You know, we we do this for you. You know, we create these drinks to support your exercise, to kind of uh, help your uh, uh, exercise and coffee enjoyment. So that's for me fascinating to find that kind of niche. Yeah. So our niche is really bridging the gap between uh, the specialty coffee market and the fitness community. Mm. So there are people doing coffee in the fitness community, but a lot of them are. Uh, focusing on uh, more drinks instantized with the protein in them or something. And we're focusing more, uh, how can we combine the specialty coffee market with the uh, the fitness community? And you do it very like uh, easy way. You just do this pop-up cafe, no espresso, so no uh, expensive gear and expensive know-how because to make espresso, you need a know-how, right? So Well, that- I would... Um, I would argue that you do need some know-how to do cold brew, especially when you're caking it and putting it in on uh, nitrogen. Yes, and we get to that, definitely. But espresso, I think, it's like uh, being a small chef. It's cr- it, especially today, it can go crazy, you know. But at cold brew, we don't have the same standards yet. Maybe there will be in some day, but obviously you need uh, know-how for cold brew. And we will talk about it just in a sec. But before that, I wanted to ask you also that, uh, did you have a business plan or did you just kind of experiment it and figure this whole thing out by, you know, itself? Well, that is a, a really good question. So I had a business plan and a business idea and I went early on to the, uh, is it the, the SBA, the Small Business uh, Association? Mm-hmm. And I had a, a mentoring session with a couple of um, a couple of mentoring volunteers, and they asked me a lot of questions and wanted me to come up with a more detailed plan, which I I didn't end up uh, going through with it. But anyways, I was focused and kind of thinking the business would go uh, one direction, and then um, we ended up going a different direction, and that was based basically being flexible to what the market wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, early so, on, early on, uh, it was primarily we were thinking uh, we'd be selling bags of Kona coffee and more beans, and then uh, the cold brew was just kind of for fun. Mm-hmm. I was experimenting around with it, and of course, we uh, I made a small batch and it sold out at the first event, and then so I made a little bit more and it sold out the next round, and so it wasn't really on the original business plan, but that uh, kind of changed course. Yeah, that's interesting what you say because I'm always, I'm trying to always ask the guys about the business plan because I always have a plan too. 
and then you always pivot during the the execution of, of the business a one page business plan that i think is a lot more interesting than the the in-depth plan mm-hmm. so i think ha- having a one page you kind of folk to help you focus on the or to run the numbers and to focus on some different areas. That, to me, that seems a lot more useful than doing the a full detailed business plan. Okay. So can you live off these uh, pop-up cafes, what you do today? That is our goal. We're not there yet. Okay. So what would, what, what would it take to be there? Well... The goal is to expand and to get into various uh, farmers markets and uh, numerous events, and then we'll probably we'll be coming out with a number of different product lines. Um, we're looking at doing some subscription services mm-hmm. nice. as well. So, you, so it's really having having revenue come in from a couple of different streams: the pop-up fitness events, um, farmers markets. Uh, partnering and having some products in some local uh, restaurants is another area we're looking at, and then doing some uh, subscription services. You guys are making the cold brew, and let's talk about that a little bit because you know there's different ways of making cold brew. Uh, there's the you know kind of a full immersion method. There is the drip method. So which one do you guys use? Uh, I've We've experimented with both, and we uh, went pretty deep into the drip method. Okay. Which is a little different than the Kyoto. It's sometimes referred to as the Kyoto uh, method, and it is a little different. Uh, it highlights um, different flavors than than you get with a, a submerging process. Okay. Uh, don't you need a giant uh, brewer for this, or how, how do you how how do you go about this? Yeah, I actually uh, designed and kind of made my own brewer system. Oh, nice! And it's and it's still evolving as um as our business grows too. If you let's say how many how many cold brews you make per week? And again, that, that depends on what the uh, what the venue is. Okay, so what's your capacity? What if if you have let's say a giant venue, how much you can make? Well, on the on the that's probably the the big distinction between uh, the uh, Kyoto drip method versus the submerge method. It's easier to make large batches doing submerge. And mm-hmm. With the slow drip, I've gotten up to uh, five gallons a day is kind of my uh, peak capacity. Well, that's not bad for a pop-up, I guess. So what happens if you would have to do, like, say, 100 gallons? Would you change or would you still kind of try to figure out how to do the drip method? I've been um, spending a lot of time and thought on that, and I'm actually, um, well, we competed in a Coffee Fest in uh, Anaheim in the cold brew competition, and the, the winners were doing Submerge. So we've been, um, I've been experimenting around seeing what kind of flavor profiles we get with Submerge versus the uh, drip. So uh, depending on what our volume is, I may uh, end up doing a mix or some submerge as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any secret recipe or secret tips for a co- good cold brew? I uh, I have something secret back with the health department, and that is some a part I think we'll see a, a growing trend. And I'm uh, I'm uh, worried there'll be a day in the future where um, 
the health departments might crack down on cold brews. There was a similar uh, movement that occurred when kombucha was getting popular. So I would uh, urge people that are getting into uh, to doing cold brew to be thinking about the health aspects and, of course, what uh, what temperature are you brewing at based on the acidic level of coffee, it's something that really should be done not at ambient temperatures. So uh, put simple, I think um, you'll be ahead of the curve if you can get your your brewing to be done at, at refrigerated temperatures. Oh. oh, okay. Because with kombucha, the problem was the alcohol content. As it ferments, you know, it creates alcohol. And, you know, it's a scoby, which is it's basically a living organism and it has its own mind. So you cannot really control the end result with kombucha, while with coffee you kind of can, and you never have an alcohol, right? Is that correct? I, as far as I know, yeah, that's correct. Okay, so, uh, but with coffee you think that acidity will be the problem, or the amount of uh, bacterial um, content, or what can be with the problem with a cold brew when you do it in a ambient temperature? There's a couple bacteria that could potentially live in the in the cold brew and I see at ambient temperatures. So I think having a, a good process where you're doing things at a refrigerated temperature is is really important. Oh, I see. When you talk about acidity, you talk that acidity will kill the bad bacteria. I'm saying coffee is not yes. Uh, Based upon the food industry standards, coffee is not considered an acidic, highly acidic beverage that would be allowed to be at ambient temperatures exactly. for, yeah, for extended okay. periods of time. Yes, because it doesn't have the acidity to kill the bad bacteria. Right, okay, exactly. Perfect. Okay, gotcha. I was wondering. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, are you doing this uh, with the, the, the method you suggest or not yet? I am. Oh, cool. So you you are ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Oh, cool. Well, uh, do you b bottle your cold brew? Um, we experiment around with bottling it, yes, and we have offered it at some of the uh, some different events. Okay. So tell us, how do you bottle it, and what would be the secret to make it shelf stable? Well, the secret to make it shelf stable is really. Uh, that's the $64,000 question. <laughs> and of course, the next thing is how, how shelf-stable. You can pretty easily brew cold brew and get a, approximately a two-week shelf life out of it if you keep it refrigerated with, um, with minimal effort. But to extend beyond that, there's some different techniques. Um, doing a nitrogen uh, in the caking process uh, is uh, something that definitely extends the life you uh, go from from brewing your cold brew to putting it in a keg, which is a inert environment, meaning you don't have oxygen in there because you you purge the oxygen out as you bring up the uh, nitrogen pressure. And it also um, so, so what I've been doing is I bottle from my keg, mm -hmm. and then I. Um, but you been, nitrogenate it. I nitrogenate the coffee. Yes. Okay. So what's the shelf life on that? Uh, I, I would say if you're refrigerated, there's been test run that have shown uh, you can get a 90-day shelf sta stable at a refrigerated temperature. And about I've seen a co with confidence from a, from a lab work that you can do 30 days at uh, ambient temperatures. Mm -hmm. I I've heard um, 
I've personally experimented around going far beyond those dates, so I wouldn't guarantee the quality going beyond that. But it, I have, um, I've had some. I've had quite a few months uh, beyond that, and it still, uh, it still tastes pretty good to me. Okay, so. You also mentioned there are other techniques. Uh, do you know what other people use to make it shelf stable? I do. Um, the coolest technique out there is there's one uh, company that's been experimenting with um, ultra high uh, pressure pasteurization, mm-hmm. which is a, a a technique that is requires some pretty sophisticated equipment. Okay. They're basically using plastic bottles and then they put them in a, a water tank that has uh, ultra it, it it basically squeezes the water at ultra high pressures that would kill any uh, any bacteria in there so that's the coolest technique i know some others are looking at flash uh, pasteurization but then of course you get questions with what um what does that do to the flavor profile if you're cold brewing and then uh, putting it through a pasteurization process mm-hmm. okay so i think uh, Still, others are just going from brewing to bottles and or uh, putting it in uh, containers and giving it a shorter shelf life. Okay, two weeks. I see. Okay, that that's cool. Uh, and um, you mentioned that you, you you bottle it. Is there any like affordable way to bottle it, or how do you bottle it? Yeah, I think uh, we had briefly discussed beforehand the uh, counter pressure uh, bottle filler which is a pretty cool uh, thing that i i use where you can purge the uh, purge the air out of your bottle and fill it from the bottom up it's basically a simple um, filling technique that simulates what a uh, the way beer factories fill their beer bottles mm-hmm. uh, what would be the investment on that if somebody says oh okay let me you know do that if you're willing to do it by hand, it's minimal. Okay. Uh, is there some automatic solution? Yeah, there are uh, bigger bottlers and that can do it automatically. And, of course, the investment for those would go up uh, substantially. Okay. What would be the production with the uh, manual method? And uh, just to com- make a comparison, what, would be the, what do you think a daily production with the manual method can be? Um, that depends on how uh, how hard you're willing to work and do it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a fairly tedious process. It's not not particularly uh, difficult or hard. In the equipment, you you need your nitrogen tank, your keg, and your counter pressure bottle filler, your lines, and your sanitizer, and your bottles, mm-hmm. and a little bit of a little bit of homework to to get the process down. But then uh, once you're going and you keep your equipment clean and sanitized, it's um, you can fill fill some bottles pretty quick. So, I mean, if you're doing, uh, I'm just going to make some numbers up, but if you're doing a six-pack six or 24-pack, it's fine. But if you're going to be doing hundreds of bottles, obviously that's uh, uh, not going to be a real sustainable method. Okay. Well, you know, I just want to know that, you know, what to expect. Um, okay, and you said that you work with nitrogen coffee, uh, for those people who do not know what nitrogen coffee is, uh, what is it and how you, how, you, how you make one? So nitrogen is a gas. It's an inert gas, and it, meaning you don't have oxygen in there. So instead of having air, the regular ambient air, you, you're 
using a, a beer kegging system and you're pushing the oxygen out and replace putting it under high pressure with nitrogen and the really the goal is to have a guinness kind of a coffee that that has a cascade on it and looks uh, and pours a lot like a beer mm-hmm. or a stout a stout beer and you're using the a lot of beer uh, bottling technology or beer brewing te- technology the the keg the nitrogen the stout uh tap to to dispense it with you know i had the my very first nitro brews were pretty bad i have to say that i was like oh my gosh why would you do something like that uh to a cold brew but then recently i i had a very good one i was like wow okay now i see the 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 point so what's the secret is it the coffee selection is it a rose degree or what do you think in 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 your opinion what what would make a good uh a nitro brew well, with coffee, obviously, it's a personal preference. So it's what um, what people want. Do you want a lighter, a lighter, fruitier tasting uh, ro- uh, coffee and roast, where you can really get get some of the acidity and taste some of the, uh, I mean, what flavor are you going for, or do you want a, a a coffee that has a little bit more roast, a little deeper roast with some more of the roast flavors in it? So that's really a personal preference. And then serving it on nitrogen, serving it chilled, you're going to get a, something that has a cream. You get a, a cream or a little, yeah, as the nitrogen uh, is dispensed and it, the nitrogen, it, you have these micro bubbles. They're, they're much smaller than the CO2 bubbles that you get in a soda. So you have these re- really small, uh, fine bubbles in your coffee and then you can watch and see uh, the cascading effect as those bubbles leave, and it leaves you a little cream on top. So back to our core, the uh, one of the things we like to do is teach people that you don't need to be having a drink that has a bunch of sugar and um, milk in it. You could a lot of times people will find that they can drink uh, if you brew your cold brew and nitrogenize it. A lot of people can can enjoy the beverage straight as opposed to having it with uh, milk and sugar added on it. Is there some, okay, well, that works for guys like you, you who are having you know, like pop-up events or stuff like that. But is there any solution for a home brewers? Let's say if I want to have nitro brew at home and I don't want to brew five gallons, but let's say just a, 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 a liter, what would that be? You know, you know much smaller amount. Well, you can get smaller kegs, so you can get kegs, um, a gallon and a half keg, and there's actually, um, I have a system where I can do a, a considerably smaller, a half gallon or a um, one gallon little test systems. Mm-hmm. So there, you can get smaller, smaller kegs and bottling systems. When you start to go really, on, when you start to go below a gallon and a half, the cost uh, of the system is a little bit more. I see. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So um, that's cold brew. That's nitro brew. Uh, do you think there are any new trends in a, a coffee industry? Like I saw, for example, in Czech Republic, a guy is making cascara fizz, the fizzing up the cascara. Is there some other experiments with coffee? Let's say uh, CO2 coffee or something else, you know, I don't even know about yet. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of uh, new trends coming up. Nitrogen is still uh, 
something I would consider a new trend, and I don't think we've seen the end of it. Mm-hmm. As uh, I would say, putting th- beverages on tap opens up a whole new window for coming up with different flavors, different delivery systems, and different drinks. And once you get the equipment, there's once you've invested in the equipment, there's lots of different uh, beverages that you can dispense and ways of mixing and refining and coming up with different products. So I think that we're still in the early stages of uh, nitro cold brew. And then as you alluded to, um, experimenting around with CO2, there's interesting drinks there too. uh, We've been experimenting too with a a carbonated coffee, which of course uh, tastes horrible if you drink it straight. So we've there's a few things you need to tweak it. So we've been putting in some uh, natural uh, sweeteners to um, non uh, non sugar uh, sweeteners to uh, to try to come up with something that would more uh, be a, a soda alternative. Mm, cool. Okay. Uh, you know, my son came up with a recipe. He's uh, well, he was eight at the time, and uh, which I love when I sometimes really go exercise <laughs> I'm you know come back really thirsty I feel half a uh, brewed coffee and half water and it's this kind of diluted like really watery drink with a little refreshment of the coffee but it's, it's actually more water than coffee obviously which I find really yummy so uh, I'm sure there is lots of people experimenting with uh, all kind of crazy stuff or their sons or daughters well, a real easy way to do what what you just said is use cold brew. Mm-hmm. So you can take a cold brew coffee, uh, or you could brew with a concentration a little bit higher. Obviously, if you're a, a coffee geek, you can check your TDS and pull out your refractometers and know your numbers. But anyways, you can you have complete flexibility with a cold brew as to what strength you want to make it. You know, you can have take your cold brew and you can. Uh, mix it with some hot water and have a a, a, a warm coffee that has a, a little bit different flavor profiles than you'd get if you did the hot brew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in my case, usually I have some leftover coffee in the morning, so I use that, and I like it cold, because after exercise, you know, you don't feel, at least not me, I don't feel like having something uh, hot. I really want to kind of cool myself down. So, uh, cool. All right, other question. You mentioned something like buttered coffee is that a spin-off bulletproof coffee what's the difference between your butter coffee and bulletproof coffee and why is it good for you okay well that's a let me break that down we (laughs) offer we call our drink hapa a hapa coffee hapa is a hawaiian term for half half white half local or half a mixed. So the coffee, we call it hapa because you have a black uh, drink mixed with a white uh, coffee, butter. Mm-hmm. The term uh, bulletproof is a, a trademark term. So we are not, we're not using the, the trademarked bulletproof coffee or products. What we have is, is our own, I, I guess you could call it our own version. It's our own version of a buttered coffee. Okay. Well, so why is it good for you? Because I, you know, I see that this is a trend, not only because, you know, Bulletproof Coffee, as you said, it's trademark, you know, it's based on uh, the guy's book, you know, the Bulletproof Diet, you know, fine. But I see that this is seeping into many different other uh, 
I would say, small businesses with coffee. I Again, going back to the uh, fancy food show in San Francisco, I met these guys who are making instant coffee with this. And I was like, okay, let me try first time. Maybe it's a silly idea to try instant version first time, but let me try the bulletproof coffee. Oh, sorry, their own versions of buttered coffee. And, you know, for me, it was really unpleasant because I had that greasy feeling on my tongue, which which is not something I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. On the other hand, there's this a new cafe in Czech Republic, or maybe old cafe, I don't know, but it was featured on European Coffee Trip. And guys, if you don't know European Coffee Trip, check them out. The guys making amazing videos from different cafes. So this cafe is called, I think, Four Rooms, Stiži Pokoje in Czech. And uh, they are mixologists. And I was fascinated how they spin the drinks. And they have also their own version where they kind of skip the butter. And the guy explained exactly the reason why they skip the butter. So they use uh, the the, uh, coconut oil extract, and you can talk about it more because you're more into that than me. So they use only that in order to avoid that unpleasant feeling of the butteriness on your on your tongue. So my question is, uh, wh- why is it good for you? Well, you've o- opened up a lot of uh, questions. Before <laughs> I g- answer, though, I have one question. How, uh, When you tried it, how was it mixed? What, did you stir it with a spoon or with a blender? Or? Well, they have this kind of little like uh, thermos. And they just shook it like a shaker almost. Okay. So what you'll find to really get a good mix on them, a lot of times you need a, you probably need an electronic mixer, okay. either a blender or um, perhaps a good uh, throfter. But you definitely, uh, you can't just stir in a, a stick of butter and have a good tasting drink. That doesn't work. <laughs> well, this was the instant version. So again, maybe I was silly that I tried that as a first thing. Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, we have our opinions on instant coffee, which are probably the same as yours. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. For uh, first off, I want to uh, talk about why uh, why fats and why uh, uh, what's this thing healthy fats. So you may have heard of you. There's been a lot of development in the fitness and health industry, and again, I. I used to have a little TV show on uh, health and fitness, so I actually on episode. 12 it was called hi-fi fitness if you guys want to check episode 12 i uh, interviewed this uh, guy who had written a book and we talked uh, a lot about uh, the upcoming trends in health and fitness and one of the big trends is uh, of, of the recent years has been uh, re-questioning grains sugars and carbohydrates and when you replace them replacing them with the uh, more uh, fats and uh, fish oil is of course the first uh, oil that really caught a lot of people's atten- attention is you need more omega-3s for these uh, to balance out your diet and have a healthy diet. They're quote-unquote essential fatty acids. So if you start to research, you realize the body um, the body's pretty good at utilizing fats for energy and you don't have uh, issues with the blood sugar levels that you do with when you're taking in large amounts of uh, sugar. So the the whole the whole idea of the buttered or oiled coffees is can you have a product that will not uh, spike your insulin levels up with the with glucose and sugars yet will um, allow your body to have uh, oils that you can break down and utilize for uh, as a healthy energy source and 
I always like to point out the way to mess it up and not get it right would be to eat a, a high carbohydrate meal with your buttered coffee. That would not be a desirable thing to do because you're getting your your carbohydrates, which would spike up your uh, your insulin levels, and then you don't want to be adding additional calories and fat. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you start your morning off with a a buttered coffee, then uh, your body can utilize that for energy. Okay, so I get that. You know, I read up a lot about because I'm a big fan of grains. I'm I love bread, and obviously I know the uh, the new risks. You know, it comes with the modern wheat and all these things. And you know, I read up on the grain brain, and I read up on on angry fats. Actually, I think it's the same author who wrote the book about grains and how the fats are important in your in your system. And kind of like, you know, we had this all fat-free craze, right? When we destroyed right. a lot of the good fats and replaced them with margarines, which is a, basically a poison, right? But uh, Yes. But my question is, so I get it, you know, uh, I love nuts. So, you know, I'm trying to keep it healthy and everything. But why to put it into the damn coffee? <laughs> you know, it's like uh, my experience wasn't yummy. So wh- why don't you just have that fat? differently like why don't you use it in a salad or why don't you you know eat uh, seeds or put it in a smoothie i don't know well uh, you certainly can do that and if you're drinking high-end specialty coffee that uh, actually makes a lot of sense what we're doing and what we're looking for really is can i take someone that's used to going in the morning and getting a a a drink that's whipped up with a lot of sugars. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of the major chains out there, you're getting something that has a, a 20, 30, sometimes considerably higher grams of sugar in it. Can you substitute that with uh, something that uh, has a nice coffee or a specialty coffee that's whipped, has some, uh, some oils whipped into it and has actually a really nice texture and taste? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the market we're looking for. And also when we're at fitness events and you have an athlete coming in that's really depleted and they want a quick source of energy, okay, then, uh, then this works pretty well too. So in this case, we should think of more as a health benefit, as an energy source rather than a, a gourmet experience. Yeah. I, uh, although if you... If you do it right, you can get a, a really pleasant taste out of it as well. Well, then and the you other, have to meet and you have to make me one. All right. The other thing is um, if, if someone can inter- do a lot of research and time on this, it's a pretty debatable topic still, but the intermittent fasting crowd, it, it's like, okay, well, can you have some oils and still be doing intermittent fasting? And the, the uh, buttered coffees kind of go along with that too. It's perhaps a good way to start the morning for some people is uh, substituting that sugar drink with a, a, a healthy oil drink. Now, with getting the drink tasting better, there's a couple of uh, tricks. One, uh, you need a blender or a way of uh, blending it up better. And two, you want to be cautious with um, how much oil you're putting in your drink. Okay. So if you mentioned before a derivative of coconut oil. There's medium chain uh, triglycerides, which are that's a part of coconut oil that you can utilize easiest for energy. If you uh, if someone wants to experiment around, they can start by putting a, a, a half a 
half a tablespoon of uh, butter and half a tablespoon of coconut oil and blending it up, and that's kind of a starting point. But then, into uh, how much coffee? A cup. Cup. Okay. So it'd be a tablespoon of oil total. Like eight ounce cup. Yeah. Not a cup, cup measuring cup when cooking, but an eight ounce cup. Eight ounce. Okay. So that would kind of be a starting point. But then if you want to get a, a, a better tasting drink too, you can, there's other ways you can experiment around. We've used um, some powdered uh, medium, medium chain triglycerides, which have less of a, uh, less of a buttery uh, or less of an oily effect when you drink them. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, there's numerous different um, ways you can take this drink. But, but you know, the real the real key again is can you deliver can you substitute a, having large amounts of sugar in your drink with something that your body can break down and use en- for energy? I see. Okay, so now, now I'm a little bit hooked because you know I try the the fasting thing and usually what how it ends up that I did uh, night to night and well how it ends up that my dinners were basically a king feast because I was so hungry <laughs> and that's again not the best you know it's kind of it depletes the purpose of the whole thing but so uh, what yeah what people are looking to do is uh, on the intermittent fasting front it's narrow down the 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 window of hours that you're eating and consuming calories mm-hmm. so that the way a buttered coffee can help is you'd wake up in the morning instead of having a a breakfast of pancakes and other uh, carbohydrate drinks with your sweetened uh, sweetened coffee beverage. What you do instead, you'd have a, a buttered coffee drink in the morning, and then you'd wait a number of hours. Be sure I would tell people to be be sure to drink some extra water when you're doing that. All right, so uh, that's it from my side. Thank you so much for an amazing podcast. I think that you know I love that you guys took it from almost nothing to something, right? And you still work with coffee. And also, you know, while let's say the buttered coffee is not my world, I love the fact that coffee is used different ways and inspiring different people like, you know, the CrossFit or the or the uh, health people. So that's kind of cool. And thank you for all the tips for cold brew because, you know, I'm a big fan of cold brew, but just a simple one, which I make at home. I, you know, for me, the fact that you guys experimenting with different um, extractions, cold, uh, room temperature, and that you guys experimenting with different ways of extraction, that that's really fascinating. So thanks for the, all the tips and uh, opening about that, because I know that, you know, tomorrow somebody might steal your idea. <laughs> well, you're welcome. All right. Have a good one. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you are enough cold brewed and buttered. <laughs> thank you, Danette, for sharing your know-how. I wish you all the best with your business. I hope you guys get successful and you'll be able to uh, follow your heart and your passion. And you guys who listen, do not forget, I'm looking for volunteers or a volunteer for a web store. If you already have a product and you are ready to launch, I build your web store for free. The only thing is that I'll create a course based on how I'm building it. You would save approximately $20,000 if you would hire me and you will help out the community. 
But do not worry guys, if I don't find any volunteer until mid-February, I'm going to do this course anyways. I'm going to just pick a random product and build a random uh, website. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. I hope you had a blast. I know that we did. All right, talk to you soon. Bye.